Carl Dunbar is the defensive line coach of your favorite football team. Carl Dunbar is awesome. Carl Dunbar took me to school the other day. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. I can't wait to tell you this one. And this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer Daily Shots on the Penguins and the Pirates. Same place you found this. Hope you can check them out. I asked Dunbar what I thought was a pretty reasonable question where the answer was open-ended enough that I couldn't have assumed it, but I definitely didn't think I was going to get back this. Listen to the entire exchange. Coach, is there a wild card in this group? I mean, everyone knows you've got Cam, you've got Larry O. What's a wild card? I don't know. That's what I'm asking you. I don't know. Is there a third guy that you might be challenging to rise up? What do you mean third guy? We got three starters. We got Larry O. and Joby Cam and Montrevious Adams. Then you got the rookie that's coming in. You got Armand Watts. Right. You got Loudermilk. You got Leal. So you got a whole bunch of guys. You got a whole bunch, yep. So there's no wild cards. We all here to play ball, and I guess... We're going to let training camp really decipher how we go, but um, thank God, you know, we just can stay healthy. That'll be the thing. And um, we got some good players, and we got some a mixture of young and old, and I think that's going to be the fun part about how we do things. Okay, did you get all that? Because what I did there was I set the stage, I thought, for where the defensive line is heading going into Latrobe. You've got Cam Hayward, you've got Larry Ogunjobi, and you've got, at least in my mind, a whole bunch of question marks. I know that a lot of fans are excited about Keanu Benton, the second-round pick out of Wisconsin. He's got all kinds of quality traits to him. He looks like he's NFL-ready. He impressed everybody, from what I understand, at... Rookie camp, OTAs, mini camp. But what I got back there with the typical Dunbar edge was Montravius Adams is our other guy. At which point, of course, you hear him continue on to strongly suggest that things will be open once they get to Latrobe. That, my friends, is how the coaching staff operates under Mike Tomlin. And that is the extent to which they follow Tomlin's lead. I hope you find that instructive. Tomlin does not, with the notable and egregious exception of the way he mishandled Kendrick Green three years ago, he does not like to anoint rookies. He does not like to hand rookies anything. A good conversation I had with Ryan Shazier over the weekend mentioned to him that I've only seen three rookies over the last decade and change where this head coach really went out of his way to treat them in some special way. That, of course, one of them was Shazier. Another one was Marquise Pouncey. And the other one was Najee Harris. I mentioned this at the time. Loves the kid. Just loves him. Well, Benton isn't that any more than Broderick Jones is that any more than Darnell Washington is that. And it's a long, long list, one that might extend to everyone forever. For as much as we know, especially 
after the way the green thing went down. But Benton is a good, good young football player, and he is going to get on the field. I believe that he is going to start in whatever the Steelers would decide to call their base package. 12 games for the Badgers last year, started all of them. 36 tackles, 10 tackles for a loss, four and a half sacks. Nick Herbig, another Wisconsin kid, there's five of them on the roster right now. Called Benton unblockable when he was in college. He's got unusual athleticism, a mobility for someone who plays his position in large part because of his expansive experience in wrestling. And I'll repeat for emphasis that they really liked what they saw of him in all three of the various summer sessions. So my belief here, as far as how the defensive line will unfold, is twofold. One, you're going to see a lot of substituting. No one's going to say that in advance. No one's going to even come close to insulting Cam. No one's going to do that with Larry O either. But it's going to be known, and you're going to have to trust me that it'll be okay with Cam. Cam knows where he is in his career. Cam knows the level of energy that he needs in order to be effective from snap to snap. And he's always had a real good gauge on whether uh, he can handle something without regular substitutions. But you're going to see them. You're going to see DeMarvin Leal on the field. You're going to see Isaiah Loudermilk on the field. They might, unfortunately, be telegraphing, especially in Loudermilk's case, what the defense is setting up to do. But you're going to see them out there. And you're going to see, in addition to that, a lot of formations, a lot of them, in which there's no third down lineman. There's no nose. It'll just be Cam and Larry. But know and understand, please, that they didn't draft Benton where they did for nothing. If you go over the first few picks that were made in that draft, outside, really, of tight end, meaning Washington, there's not one where you say, wow, that that wasn't a position where they needed somebody. Tight end is the only one. And even then, you can make kind of an argument for tight end. I mean, Zach Gentry is what he is. You don't put Zach out there and say, hey, we're running with a two tight end set. You just don't. He's not that accomplished of an offensive player, to say the least. But with the rest of these guys, with Jones, with Joey Porter Jr., and yeah, with Benton, they're expected to get on the field. They're expected to make an impact. They're expected to be filling very real needs. I have a feeling you're going to see that much sooner rather than later whenever the practices begin up at St. Vincent. When we come back, J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Stop in and say hello. Tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. Today's J1Q comes from Steve, who asks, DK, all you have to do is look at last year's Super Bowl competitors... 
to know that champions are made with explosive teams that can flip the field in one play. Who's going to be the Steelers, Travis Kelsey or A.J. Brown? Lots of candidates, but that book is still unwritten. You know, Steve, who are your candidates that you'd have in mind on this offense to be anybody's Kelsey or Brown, uh, or even close to those guys? Uh, I'm not sure what you meant by there are a lot of candidates. I think there are a lot of names, and there are a lot of spaces that are filled on offense that might have just been, you know, black holes beforehand. But as I look across this offense, I'm not seeing a superstar. I see one player out of the entire group who I feel has that potential. It might not be the same one you'd see, but mine is George Pickens. Pickens is the one guy that I see who does things that I don't see even very good players in the NFL doing. Now, he's going to have to come up with numbers way beyond what was seen last year. He's going to need to, and this is way out of his control, but have some decent passing routes drawn up for him and some imaginative play calls from the coordinator. But that's part of the equation, too. You're not going to be a superstar if your coordinator doesn't know what the hell he's doing. And yeah, to your point, more than anything, he's going to have to be that guy who breaks him. You know, he's going to have to be not only going down the field for the straight line route, you know, catch the ball over your shoulder and keep right on sprinting kind of touchdowns. He's going to have to find other ways to do them. If you look at the touchdowns that get scored in Cincinnati by those guys, in Minneapolis, by a certain other guy. There are all kinds of ways those guys can beat you. You can't be the, remember what uh, Mike Tomlin used to call Mike Wallace, somewhat kiddingly, but somewhat not, when he would refer to him as a one-trick pony? That was because he was challenging Wallace. We know you can run in a straight line and beat everybody. What else can you do? And from there, Wallace became a much more diversified receiver, and it's something that extended his career, not just in Pittsburgh, but elsewhere. But who you got after Pickett on that list? Who else do you see that where you would say, wow, there's a superstar? Name me the position. Is it running back? No. Tight end? No. Offensive line's not going to, you know, be the, the field flipper. So what's left? You know, quarterback, I guess. I mean, if Kenny were to rise up, it doesn't take much for somebody to be considered a superstar if you're really good at the quarterback position. You know what I'm saying? But is anybody reasonably predicting superstardom for Kenny right now? No. So I, I'm not sure I'm not sure what exactly you meant there, or maybe you were using words that you didn't intend to, but I agree with your general concept. And that's why I keep emphasizing when I talk about this offense that it's gotta have all cylinders rolling in order to be a really good offense. It can be average, I think, just based on the talent that's at hand. But if you can really work in some unpredictability, some imagination, and yeah, some 
far superior execution to what we saw in 2022, especially on the left side of the line. Well, you know, who's going to need more than that? You know, not every team has to have that that mega solar star. The Steelers have one on defense. You know, they arguably have three of them on defense. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We're going to do another one of these tomorrow. 